What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Living Electric. We're going to start off with our still unnamed segment about how we're living the electric life. So uh, this is the segment where we talk about either something that's happened to us recently driving an EV or something we're doing to try to, like, be more green or that that kind of fun stuff. So um, do you mind if I go first? Mine's relatively simple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. My, mine's okay. pretty simple, too. Yeah. <laughs> And then um, I have a funny educational story after that. Right, right. <laughs> so uh, our house, as I may have talked about in the Electrical Upgrade podcast, is close to 120 years old. So we have the original windows still, and those are not very well insulated. And I think we talked about this off podcast, but you suggested and some others suggested that you can actually get like essentially shrink wrap for your windows, mm -hmm. which I didn't realize this is like a great discovery. Um, <laughs> but essentially it doesn't look great. Like it looks kind of like janky, but you can essentially like put plastic sheets over your windows and then shrink wrap them. And it insulates your windows a lot better. So air doesn't flow in your house isn't as drafty. So I just started doing that on most of the house now. I actually ran out of that like plastic film stuff to, oh, wow. to put it on there. <laughs> you do <laughs> we have a lot through. of windows. <laughs> yeah, we went through we went through a ton of it already. So, and it was a learning process too because I've never done this before. But the uh, already I'm noticing a difference. Like our house is not as drafty. I'm hoping this is going to just ha help save on efficiency of our home in general over the winter because we just got killed on not only our electric bill but just our gas bill. Like just everything in the winter is just way more expensive because you're losing so much heat to just the the uh, draftiness of the home. So yeah. <laughs> we're hoping this is going to kind of help us be a little bit more green, not use as much energy this winter, uh, even if it does get super cold, just to, that our house is a little bit more insulated. So we're doing that. And then I'm also going to start just like looking all over the house to see like, where can we just insulate our house better for the winter? Because <laughs> we didn't do any of this last year and it was it was a bad time. So yeah. <laughs> I know in in our new house, Tyler and I actually talked about doing that today. Uh, yeah, you know, getting that that plastic wrap because it is freezing in our house. Really, and you have mostly new windows, right? Can you hear that? It was very slight. I wouldn't worry about it. Okay, we can, we'll just leave it in. Um, okay. <laughs> helicopter plane or something flew over. Um, yeah, you know, we have newer windows, but it's freezing. But the reason I think it's so cold is we have like one vent for one massive area. Oh, and then, like, in yeah. my office, it's, like, warmer. But, like, upstairs, it is so cold. So we'll probably really? end up doing that shrink wrap, too. Like, yeah. It, it, was so, it was so good for us in Cleveland. Like, it yeah. really helped us with our energy bills. Right. Do you use a lot of space heaters and stuff in the winter? Or I'm terrified of house fires, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Well, the uh, we found recently, we got one last year, actually, for our living room. Because it's, like, an extension off the rest of the house. And it's not a... Uh, it's again similar kind of thing where like there's not many vents in there to like actually heat that space and you've got three mm -hmm. exterior walls so the i didn't realize there are oil filled uh electric heaters i don't know if you've seen oh. those before um, no. which are Never. as i found out like way safer way quieter like just overall a better space heater they're a lot more expensive than just the cheap like 20 dollar heaters but mm -hmm. maybe something to look into if you're interested in like 
having a safer heater and actually having a space heater <laughs> just yeah. to drop in your room or whatever so yeah i'll have to check them out i was i was doing some research on like smart like uh uh space heaters and i found mm. one that was like 90 dollars, and you can control it with your phone and like monitor oh, nice. the energy usage so i might look at that one but yeah if you could send me some some links that would be cool sure. i never i never even knew that was a thing <laughs> yeah you probably yeah. you probably haven't been over to our house because you just moved to columbus but in the winter, yeah. we have that run. We have it running all the time in our living room. So <laughs> I've been to your house in the winter. Really? Did you come yeah, last winter yeah. at all? Yeah, we went, we went house shopping in the spring. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, but we have <laughs> that on, running Alex. basically. We we have that running basically all winter. <laughs> <I'm just> so <laughs> you may have seen it already. <laughs> yeah, it was like three years of friendship wasted. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, yeah no that that room does get pretty cold in the winter so yeah. yeah do you guys even have vents in that room we have two two yeah okay. just two along a wall but that's it so got it yeah yeah well next time we'll pay more attention to the the space heater that that will actually be the very first thing i go to when i walk in i hope house. so it's toasty yeah. the bad part is happen. our our cat um like i'm afraid he's gonna like toast his brains or something like he literally sits right next to it like he'll put his face up against the the space heater and i'm like dude you're gonna like fry your brain doing that so i literally i just left from downstairs and he's sitting against it i'm like dude he turns around all his whiskers are just gone right right yeah oh no he's yeah he's doing his best yeah (laughs) Well, that, yeah, you'll have to keep us posted on how that the plastic wrap works for you. I didn't realize that your house was 120 years old and those were like over 100-year-old windows. Like, I knew that they were original, but I guess I didn't realize how old your house was. Yeah, it's, well, it was built in like 1906, maybe. So, like, we're oh. on, we're nearly 120. Like, not it's, not quite, but it's close. It's still 2009 in my brain. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> It's funny. But whatever, your Lady Gaga came out with the fame monster. Right, <laughs> so, exactly. Yeah. That's just perpetually the year. Yes. <laughs> That's funny. Well, keep us posted. Will do, will do. Yeah. So what about you? What's your, What's been, uh, how have you been living the electric life? <laughs> well, this this week, not not very well. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm just joking. I, I do have one update. I finally found out our Tesla universal wall connector is on its way. And oh, uh, nice. we're going to get it next week and hopefully get it installed within the next two weeks, which very is cool. uh, very exciting. So I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I guess the only other thing that like really, you know, since this segment is so broad, um, <laughs> we, we learned something new with EV ownership, uh, you know, since we just got the Leaf and it has a different charging standard than we've ever used before. Right. Um, so for those who aren't familiar, the um, some of the Nissan Leafs, the newer ones have fast charging ports um, called their Chatamo with, you know, using chargeway terms, it's blue, the blue connector type. And this is our first vehicle with the blue Chatamo connector type. And uh, right. we don't have a lot of experience with it. And um, we ended up going up to Cleveland for a Halloween party from Columbus and uh, we got stuck, physically stuck with the connector in the charge port at an EVgo station for two hours. <laughs> Jeez, was this on we- the way back? No, it was on the way there. there. Oh, gosh. We were meeting up with friends for lunch, and we're like, oh, you know, we'll just stop off. Like, it was a pretty rough trip getting up there. The leaf did not do very well with Mm. the headwind, and um, we needed to charge. And, uh, yeah, do you have any experience with, like, Chatamo connectors? 
very little. I've used them for like with the Tesla adapter. I've used them a little mm-hmm. bit, um, but like even compared to CCS, like it, it's not a very friendly connector in my opinion. Like it's difficult to no. plug in. Like it's just not not nice. <laughs> no, so <laughs> it really is not. Yeah. And, and that, that was the downside with us is that we had no idea because, you know, we always had experience with green CCS and red Tesla connectors. And um, we thought that the Leaf had a manual release where genuinely every other vehicle has that. Yeah. And it turns out the Leaf doesn't because the Chatamo connector, the way it's designed, doesn't allow that. Um, wow. It's, it's it's like uh so i talked with our friend who works at evgo because i i called them and i was like hey like i don't know what to do here we've already yeah. called nissan they're going to be four hours evgo says they're going to be four hours and um it actually turns out that the adapter the connector for chatamo is the exact opposite of ccs so uh green ccs actually um there's a pin that attaches to the vehicle is yeah know, as you know from utilizing it so when there's a manual release from the car, you can pull that on the vehicle and the pin lifts up for you to yeah. pull up the connector. Whereas the uh, Chatamo, it's the opposite. The release is actually on the connector. So if if it gets stuck, you actually have to take apart the connector and manually release it from inside the connector. <laughs> oh my God. So like, so I have so many yeah. questions. <laughs> so first off, before we get to like you getting unstuck, how did you when or how did you realize that the vehicle was stuck initially was this when you were trying to leave or was this after you plugged in it is when we were trying to leave and and i'll just say this you know evgo definitely has reliable chargers but man are they expensive it was like we it was like 24 dollars to get like a small amount of energy and um I, I realized the app didn't have a way for me to cancel the charge so you know like the stop like the charge in the session the or anything Nope. Yeah, and the vehicle doesn't have that either that I can find. So um, I called, I tried to actually press in the button on the, right. the Chatmo connector. Yeah. And that's when it got stuck. I think there's like some type of like safety mechanism when it's like active, you can't press the button. Interesting. And so that's that's when I realized that we were we were stuck. Um, and, wow. Uh, yeah. EVgo, I give them full credit. You know, they tried to like remote start like the charger. Nothing was working. They tried yeah. to tell me how to like you know wiggle it out of there, and um, yeah, the Nissan dealership had no idea what to do. Like, of course it, not. it was bad. Yeah. They actually it almost it almost <laughs> got to the point where they were going to call a tow truck to remove the charge port from our car, brick it, take it to one of the local Nissan dealerships in Cleveland, and and replace the charge port <laughs> wow like and physically happened... rip it out of there <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. wow yep. so so how we got out of there is uh, <laughs> after getting so angry and like you know we we were super to so late to meeting up with our friends yeah. tyler was on reddit and he just gets out of the car quietly and i'm on the phone with my mom because i'm like hey you guys might need to come pick us up and I just feel the car, you know, like going up and down. And I look over the hood and Tyler, Tyler's like, you know, yanking on it. And then all of a sudden he just pulls it out and he puts the connector back. And it turns out that's what you have to do. If, if the Chatamo connector gets stuck to your charge port, you, our friend that works at EVgo said you have to rotate it in slow circular motions for like the pin to release. And then you pull it out or you can go oh, up and down my and gosh. then pull it out. <laughs> jeez so yeah i cannot imagine i'd be so frustrated like oh yeah 
Especially yeah. like you all have been doing this for how long? Like charging mm-hmm. electric vehicles, been doing all this. And that's got to be so frustrating. Like, you know what you're doing. It's not like you were just a random driver that just bought a leaf and pulled up and is trying to charge. Like, I cannot imagine. Like, for most people, that would be the nail in the coffin for, like, driving another EV. They're like, I'm never going to put up with this again. And I think that's, like, the generally what I hear from some people is they have one bad experience with an EV and they're like, I'm never doing this again because I don't want to be stuck in the same situation. So, holy cow. That's so frustrating. (laughs) Well, that's, that, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, you hit it right on the head. Like, I was so frustrated. It's, it's like, we're supposed to be knowledgeable, you know, like, we're yeah. supposed to know this stuff. And, um, I mean, I, I kind of had to give myself, like, a little bit of a break. Like, this is all new in terms of, like, yeah. this connector type. I've never right. really used it. So, but um, it definitely taught me that the Leaf is no longer going to be a long-distance vehicle. It, it's going to stay local, and we will not be taking it up to Cleveland um, any longer. Yeah, and, That's and, frustrating. It actually, not to sound like too much like a Tesla fanatic, it actually made me realize that I never should have got rid of the, the Model 3. Because yeah. the experience is just by far better. So It's, it's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I made a whole video about, like, why a, your first EV should be a Tesla, and I still stand by that. Like, mm-hmm. as much as you can critique Tesla for all kinds of different things, they have nailed the driver experience and the charging experience. Like, it is very hard to screw up driving a tesla especially yeah. even long distance like it is hard to run out of charge like it's near mm-hmm. impossible unless you are trying to like get stuck or run out of battery like it's the chances of it happening are very low so that's yeah that's super frustrating so literally you got out by tyler it sounds like fixed the issue it wasn't anybody else it was tyler just yeah. going out there and ripping it out essentially yeah, yeah. right yeah and, and, and this and was I how long tried. after and this was, was how long up. after two hours it took about two, oh two hours and it was going to take four hours for a tow truck to get to us wow. and yeah it, it yeah i if it was anybody else i would have you know like if if i wasn't like in the ev industry and like you know like passionate about like teaching yeah. this was just my vehicle i would have gotten rid of it <laughs> like i just yeah yeah you know wow but you live, you learn. You know what? And right now, I can educate people about that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I made it. So to was lunch, this? So <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, so was this at the end of the day? Was this an EVgo plug problem, or was this a Nissan Leaf problem, or was it a combination? Or you know, I I really can't say because like we used other fast chargers on the way home. We used yeah. a non-network ABB fast charger. And then we used really? a charge point fast charger and we didn't have the issue at all. So, but Interesting. like what, what I noticed is that the um, Chatamo connector at EVgo was slightly different from mm. the other ones in terms of like how you press the trigger to release it. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and from what Tyler has done research, those specific ones at EVgo and Electrify America all have problems with getting really? stuck to cars. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's super frustrating. I know yeah. I've had problems in the past with the because I got a one of the last chat about adapters that Tesla probably sold just <laughs> so I could have it. Um, I got one of those and I have had not to that severity, but I have had issues when I'm plugging in sometimes where the Chatamo will get stuck in the Tesla adapter. Like I have to use my full strength to rip it out of the adapter. Oh, yeah. So I could definitely see that happening and like getting stuck in a car. So that's just yeah super frustrating <laughs> yeah it, it was but, it was very frustrating but you know like like i said like i'm taking it as a learning lesson and thankfully you know we have our 
our friend that works at EVgo. So, you know, they were able to That's like good. provide some insight on that. So yeah. did they comp yeah. you a charging session or anything to be like, hey, sorry <laughs> no, for the I, trouble? I forgot to call back. I was so angry that I'm like, You're I just, like, want, just done with it. I want lunch. I want to go to the Halloween party and I want to forget I ever bought this car. <laughs> so <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Three more years, Alex. <laughs> right. Wow. Yeah, is it too late so. to cancel the are you still in that waiting period where you can cancel or return it or something i I might need to look into that it's been about two weeks so i'm not sure but i feel like there is some you'd have to look at the contract and all that stuff because they could really lock you in sometimes with those but sometimes Mm -hmm. they have a return window or a cancellation window where you're like hey we didn't realize this car had a bunch of problems or we got stuck at a charger i mean you could even use that as an excuse (laughs) oh yeah 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 I'll have to I'll have to look into that, but that that's the the one thing that I learned this week. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. We'll fun. <laughs> yeah. Fun. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> yeah. let's talk about actual good charging experience. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the the bulk of the episode where we've been hyping it up since our return, but uh, Brandon and Tyler got back from their uh, long distance. It was ten days. Uh, is that right? Was, 14 days? Yeah, I think it was 15 days. It was 15, 15 or days? 16. Okay, yeah. so just over two weeks. Um, cross-country road trip, national parks, the whole nine. I think we're going to mainly focus on the charging part of it, but feel free to sprinkle in any other fun <laughs> stories from national parks or whatever else on here. Yeah. Um. So I, I don't know where you want me to – do you want me to just start from the beginning? Because I actually – I was thinking of how to structure this, and I think it would be good to talk about how we planned the trip. Yes, that was going to be my suggestion for sure. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll start with that. Tyler did it all. No. <laughs> I mean, he, did, he did the bulk of the I want to go on a trip. Can you plan this, please? <laughs> <laughs> That's essentially how it played out. He did everything, and I just went along with it. <laughs> but <laughs> – but so yeah, we we planned this trip um, back in 2022. Actually, um, it popped in our heads, and you know we we always wanted to do a long distance electric road trip. Um, it's actually been on my bucket list ever since I worked for Tesla. You know, almost 10 years ago, which is really hard. Oh to Oh my believe. gosh! Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm rounding up a few years, but <laughs> um, <laughs> so but you know I've I've always dreamt of doing a long distance road trip, and um, you know we we've always wanted to go to the Badlands in south dakota we've always wanted to go out west to like yellowstone and and utah and you know explore like the southwest like new mexico um and you know we finally had the opportunity we had the model three and uh yeah um so essentially the bulk of the planning um believe it or not wasn't revolving around charging it was mostly figuring out the bulk of our travel days um because Mm -hmm. we did in summary about 6500 total miles within 15 to 16 days <laughs> wow which, and, which is yeah, what? We visited... that's probably that's probably like half of the driving that a normal person does in a year like average yes. i think is around like thirteen thousand. so that's like imagine doing six months of driving in 15 yeah. days basically <laughs> yes yeah on on average we drove about 10 to 12 hours uh during our travel days um so wow. that was that was probably i'm trying to think of I think that was probably averaging about 400 to 500 miles every single like travel day a little bit more i think one day we did 600 miles Jeez. um which which was nuts you know we would start at like 5 a.m and drive until like 10 p.m <laughs> those were long days yeah um 
But, um, but yeah, most of the bulk of the planning was actually revolved around, um, you know, the parks that we wanted to go to. We went to eight national parks, and as we go through this, I'll kind of go in order of which ones we visited. Um, but then finding charging stations in terms of, like, hotels and finding places we could charge it overnight. Um, we knew the bulk of the traveling was going to be done through Tesla superchargers. Um, so we kind of let our car figure that out as we did um, most of our travel days. But um, the rest of it was figuring out, like, you know, campsites that have uh, charging stations or hotels that have charging stations. And um, of course we use Chargeway to do that. And uh, we used our uh, Chargeway trip planner too, to try to figure out how we were gonna break up the days um, in terms of which superchargers we'd go to. Um, so that, that was the bulk of the planning. Um, yeah. And uh, just trying to figure out what the infrastructures were like, especially in New Mexico, parts of where we went didn't have any superchargers so we had to rely on other network charging stations yeah and uh fortunately we ran into no issues wow um, yeah ch charging wise um at least in new mexico i'll i'll get to the <laughs> other aspects later <laughs> so you almost kind of started with the the destinations if you will then work backwards instead of starting with oh there's a charger here so it'd be good to stop around here you kind of did mm -hmm. the opposite in a lot of ways correct yeah, and, and that I mean, honestly, like we've talked about it so many times on on our podcast, like that's the blessing of having a Tesla is that you can kind of just get in and go, you know, yeah. you don't really have to overly plan things like you might in like another electric vehicle. Right. Um, but but the, the one thing um, <laughs> there was a bug that just flew in front of my face. Um, <laughs> I, <saw that. laughs> I was just like, what was that? Um, but but the one thing that we really had to figure out is since we were traveling you know, we had a electric cooler with us that plugged into our 12 volt battery um, mm. or, you know, into like our, our cigarette lighter, our 12 volt outlet. Um, and then we also had a Tholey roof box that can impact your efficiency. And yeah. um, the thing that we got most on Twitter, and I'm sure people who are listening to this is why is your roof <laughs> box on backwards? Yeah. <laughs> um, so so we mounted that due to science. Um, you know, we, we've done a lot of research on it and it if you actually flip your roof box in reverse to how you typically would think a roof box would go on, it actually creates more downforce on the vehicle that helps with aerodynamics versus if you have it the way that you typically see like in images or that the manufacturer even tells you to put it on, it can actually ruin your efficiency. Um, yeah. So um, the entire trip, I believe we calculated the roof box only impacted our efficiency by about three to 5%. Um, wow, which was that's pretty good. amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. So you know, the, the the first big leg is we went up through um Illinois, up through Wisconsin, and into Minnesota, where we actually met up with Brian Ryby, uh, nice. from YouTube. I want to give him a quick shout out. Definitely check out his YouTube. He's been on our podcast before. Um, got a chance to meet up with him at a Minnesotan uh, supercharger, <laughs> which is pretty. There you cool. go. Um. And then um, we ended up going to South Dakota from there. Um, th that was honestly the longest bulk of the trip. Um, and I'm sorry I'm talking so much. If you have any questions. Oh, just... go for it. Go for it. Yeah, I'll cut you um, off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so South Dakota was probably one of the longest parts of our trip, only because uh, they South Dakota really only has uh, red level 6 V2 superchargers across, mm. like, the entire way that we went through. Like, so... Um, it's been a few weeks since I've driven through some of these cities, but I think it's uh, Suey Falls. Suey Falls? Sioux I think Falls. it's Suey Falls. Uh, Suey Falls. I think it's just Suey Falls. Somebody listening will have to correct me. What is it? Isn't it just Sioux Falls? 
Sioux That's Sioux what Falls. I thought. I, I don't I, think it's Suey. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Somebody correct yeah. us. <laughs> yes. Yeah, someone correct <laughs> us. We'll have to do that, you know, name thing, whatever. Anyways, um, so, yeah, um, and, and we hit a really strong headwind. I mean, like, mm. it was, I believe it was, like, 20 to 25 miles per hour hitting us oh, while we had, like, a roof box. <laughs> yeah. And it just destroyed our efficiency. So we had to stop at literally every single supercharger from the border of Minnesota through to the Badlands. And it was, oh, like, my gosh. charging stops. <laughs> so is that every hour? Is that every, like, two hours? It was like, like, how often is that? Yeah, it was like every hour and a half that we had to stop. Okay. Um, so not at least awful, stuff. but no. probably more than you wanted. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, that, that was definitely the longest longest uh, part of, like, in terms of charging um, right. for, for our trip. Um, but the, our first stop was the Badlands uh, National Park in South Dakota. Um, highly, highly recommend. If uh, I, Have you been there before? I have not, no. I haven't been to a lot of national parks, so I'm very jealous of this whole trip. <laughs> you should have come along. I know, yeah. We can yeah. take my car this time. Yeah, yeah all the free supercharger miles. <laughs> right, right. But, um, yeah, so, yeah, we stopped at the uh, Badlands, um, and there really isn't a lot of infrastructure in terms of, like, level 2 charging. Um, but the Badlands KOA actually has a uh, NEMA 1450 that you can plug into that's dedicated for EV charging. Um, oh, okay. Which was which was really nice. So you know, we we um, the KOA KOAs are really starting to install those across the country. Um, cer- certain national park KOAs have those at the moment, but the Badlands is one of those, and um, it was helpful because it was triple digits the entire time we were Jeez. were there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. It was like 106 degrees the entire time. <laughs> is the car just crazy loud when it's that hot? Like oh, just yeah. trying to keep everything cool? That's what I've noticed yeah. in super hot temperatures is like EVs can get louder than gas cars just staying running because it's so hot. <laughs> so <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Oh, yeah. Especially Teslas. I feel like for some reason, like Teslas are so loud compared yeah. to other EVs. Which I don't know if that's good because it's like running to keep the battery cold and like yeah. cabin cold and everything. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, there was there was one hike where we were um, out in the Badlands, and I was like, oh, it's hot. I'm going to start the car with the app. And as we are coming down the trail, you could hear the car from the parking lot. Oh, my <laughs> it gosh. Was so loud. Just ramping up like a generator yeah. or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was ridiculous how loud it was. Um, but, yeah, from, from there, we ended up going to Yellowstone. Um, and what was um well actually i'm kind of skipping apart let me take a step back we so from the badlands we ended up going to mount rushmore and um as we as we were going further west there was actually some wildfires that were happening within wyoming oh, and Montana right. yeah that actually created smog literally for like 400 miles worth of driving wow um, and it it just it kind of like reinforced why we were doing this in an electric vehicle. You know, yeah. it's like for, for, you know, one reducing like air pollution, but like also it's clear that the impacts of climate change are happening all over the West. Right. And, um, you know, when we were at Mount Rushmore, the entire thing was just like hazy oh, because of this like yeah. wildfire smoke, um, Jeez. which was like slightly disappointing, you know, because it's like, it's, it's a national like monument. So like it was, it was interesting to see, but yeah, the smoke definitely, definitely impacted put a damper on it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah but there are um there are actually plenty of level two charging stations at mount rushmore in the parking garage um oh that's good which was 
pretty cool. Um, but we really didn't need it. The, the car was handling amazing after we got out of that headwind. Um, most of the trip up to Yellowstone was actually through a uh, tailwind, which mm. helped our efficiency immensely. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was really cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, Yellowstone has uh, level two charging stations as well near Old, uh, Old Faithful. It's a little further off near some of the cabins. Um, but you can easily charge your vehicle there. We didn't have to because they actually have a supercharger right outside the gates of oh, Yellowstone. Really? Interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is actually where one of the coolest experiences of our trip happened. Um, so you know the pedestrian alert when you put your car in reverse? Yeah. So the superchargers in Yellowstone are actually right in the parking lot of a bear and wolf. Um, uh, like, uh, God, it, not like a reservation, but like a bear and wolf like rescue facility. Okay. Um, and like an education facility. And when we were backing up after we spent the whole day, you know, it was dusk. Our backup sound actually triggered the wolves to start howling. Whoa. And it was so hauntingly cool. Like we got out of the right. car and all you could hear is wolves calling for each other. Then wolves in the distance start calling each other. Like, oh my I have a gosh. video of it. I'll send it to you. Wow. Was <laughs> this was like at so dark cool. too? Or mm-hmm. was it? Wow. That's yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it was it, it was by far one of the coolest experiences of our trip. <laughs> wow. That's really yeah. neat. Yeah. Was that your but, closest um, uh experience with wildlife or did you like oh. did you have to drive around any wildlife or anything like that on your oh, yeah. on, through yeah. Yellowstone? Yeah, we did. So just to jump back to Badlands, there's prairie dogs and bison everywhere. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think I mentioned when we were talking outside of recording the, the right. prairie dogs are just they're they're like yeah. squirrels, right? They're, like they're just they're everywhere, everywhere, right? Yes. Yeah. They tried to get in the car with us. Like we went to this one campsite to like use the bathroom and there was hundreds of them trying to get into the bathroom in your car, like on the picnic tables. Like <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> Nuts. They love EVs. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, they must. <laughs> but, um, that, that's yeah, a bumper no... sticker right there because prairie dogs love EVs. <laughs> <laughs> Their little arms. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to make that. <laughs> new merch right there (laughs) yes yeah (laughs) but um yeah no in yellowstone we we ran into so many different wildlife um it was actually the end of the bison rutting season um Mm. which was actually good because um you know they they tend to get a little crazy during that time um they'll actually like chase you down on paths and like actually like hit your car and stuff like wow (laughs) yeah if you get too close um, but yeah, we, we ran into, um, we were coming around, um, one corner and there was a bison just standing there on the side of the road, like probably like chilling this far away from my face in the passenger seat. Like, wow. Just, just chilling. Wow. Um, we got to hike next to some of them, which was really cool. They were just like, just chilling next to the path as we were walking through like the springs and the geysers and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but the, the craziest experience in Yellowstone is we were wrapping up one of our day and in Yellowstone, you can always tell when there's an animal around because there's always traffic. Like, yeah. the, it's it's ridiculous. Like, people just go crazy, which is, you know, cool. Um, but we were coming around the corner, and there was a river, and we saw all these cars, and we're like, there has to be something here. And there was uh, three grizzly bears, a mom and, their, and her two cubs uh, playing in the river. Wow. <laughs> it, was a, it was so, so cool. Um, and then um, we got to see a moose in the river. Um, nice. And then, uh, yeah, just one moose, a singular moose. Just one. <laughs> just one. And then um, elk as well, which were pretty yeah. cool. Um, but 
as we were leaving Yellowstone, it's the elk's rutting season. So they, mm-hmm. uh, people actually warned us. They're like, if you see an elk like driving, go the other way because they will actually puncture your tires. Oh wow! And, like, hit your car with their antlers and yeah. Dang. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good to know. Yeah. Um, but we did get to uh, spend the night, uh, three nights under the stars at a cattle ranch in Idaho, right outside of Yellowstone. Um, nice. And they didn't have any charging options for us, so we had to rely a lot on that supercharger. Mm. Um, but it, it was still really cool um, to take the Tesla back there. And uh, I got a really cool shot of the stars with our with our tent, with our Model 3. I think so I saw that one. To, yeah, that was really yeah, cool. We'll post some of those in the YouTube video. So For sure. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, that, that was such a cool experience. That's um, awesome. Um, I feel like I'm doing my, like, origin story again. I feel like I'm just <laughs> rambling. Was, uh, was Yellowstone the um, – because that's one of the bigger national parks in the U.S., right? Like, just yeah, land-wise? I think it's 2 million acres from my understanding. Okay. Was that the yeah. biggest one that you visited on the trip, or were there some others it- that were close? Uh, that yes, that was the biggest one. We actually only I think we only saw like ten percent of the park. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah, sure you could spend months there, like if you actually yeah. wanted to see all of it. So Oh yeah, it's huge. I mean like a lot of it, like, you know, if you want to go see the geysers in the springs, you can do a lot of that within a day. Um yeah. we we walked eleven miles one day, which was wow. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um but you can definitely see like a lot of the springs and geysers in in one day. But like all the lakes and the hiking trails and stuff, you could easily spend like weeks there. <laughs> nice. Is uh, was charging or anything like that limiting on what parts of the park you could get to? Because obviously two two million acres is a lot of land area. Is there any parts that were like limited, in a sense? Um. You know, not not that we went to. Um, you know, every time before we entered the park, we st- uh, stopped at that supercharger just to top off, just okay. in case. Yeah. And um, you know that that was the best aspect of coming in from the west through like the west gates of Yellowstone. Yeah. Um, but you know, like if you're going further into the park, you'd probably have to start worrying about charging. Um, but I I do know that they have some level two um, chargers at like some of the cabins and like some of the employee campsites. Gotcha, it's kind of scattered yeah. in there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I think if you have like a lower range EV, it might be something to like be a little worried about. But it was funny right. we were coming we were coming into the park and we saw a Nero uh, electric leaving, really, or a Nero EV, and I was like, how how did How'd you get, get here? here? <laughs> I was like, there's there's no CCS, you know, like green infrastructure, like in, in the vicinity close. of like, yeah. yeah. Wow. So like even near Yellowstone, like I, I think there are some charging stations. I, you know, I can't think of off the top of my head, but I'm like, right for you. Yeah. <laughs> you <honestly>. adventure. <laughs> what kind of vehicles were most common out there? Is it a lot of trucks and SUVs like you see everywhere else? Or are there people like in sedans and smaller cars? You're going to laugh at this. I, I want you to, I, I want you to guess which one it is. Are there just a ton of like Subaru cross tracks or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So many Outbacks. So or many Outbacks, Subaru Outbacks. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they are That's everywhere. funny actually. That's yeah. really funny. Yes. That's so yeah, funny. They, they are everywhere. But um, besides like uh, Subarus, there were so many camper vans. Like it, it really? really, so many camper vans. Interesting. That, honestly, like our entire trip, that's mainly what we saw is like a lot of like the Mercedes camper vans. Yeah, the big Ford sprinter Transit. vans. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it was like, we saw one that I think Tyler said it was like $300,000. Like, the, it was like one of wow. the luxury camper vans. Um, Dang. Yeah, yeah. But I, it was kind of like a mix. You know, like you saw like some sedans, you saw some like Jeeps and trucks and things yeah. like that. But it was by far Subarus. That's hilarious. Trip. That's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of outdoorsy people in there. They're Subarus, I guess. Oh, for sure. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> Are there any, but, like, um, Sprinter vans out there that are electric? I guess you could get, like, a Ford E-Transit and maybe, like, retrofit it to be, like, a camper van. But that's maybe yeah. the only one I can think of. I, I know that there's another company. I just saw um, Electrek post about it. Um, I think it was last week. There's a, a, a camper that can do about 200-plus miles. I think it's, like, 240 miles on a full charge. Oh, wow. Um, and and I, think, uh, I think it's Winnebago. They're working on an electric one as well really nice i believe okay. so yeah that that whole world i was really involved with it when we were can't like actually like traveling and then i'm sure yeah, i kind yeah. of fell off my plate for a little bit <laughs> yeah that's funny <laughs> but yeah no that um we saw a lot of teslas too like there was really there was that's good a lot of, a lot of teslas in yellowstone badlands lots of teslas um yeah there are a lot of teslas on this trip <laughs> that's good that it's not like people aren't limiting themselves i guess and i'm sure that supercharger helps like if people say oh there's a fast charger like as long as i'm if i'm within 100 miles of this like i'll be okay like mm -hmm. to get back to this at least so are there others around other superchargers around yellowstone like at other entrances or anything like that or just that west entrance uh i believe there's one in the north like in montana but I don't, I'm not exactly okay. like off the top of my head, like if there's like a northern gate to Yellowstone, I think there's like an east to west yeah. and south, but I'm not sure if there's a north. Um, but the gotcha. most convenient okay. one is obviously going down through like Idaho and then kind of like northwest or northeast into the western side. Right, right. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's, you know, a lot, a lot of times with, like, the national park, it's, one, a limit of infrastructure, but also, two, being respectful of, like, the nature itself. Right, to, right. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. But, um... So you're in yeah. Yellowstone. You, you wrapped up Yellowstone with the cattle ranch uh, camping, is that right? And then you moved on from there? Was that your last yeah. nights there? Yeah. Yeah, we, we spent a few nights there. Uh, it was freezing. It was, like, 30 degrees at night, and they didn't have hot water because it was, like, a... Like a it was, uh, let's just be honest, it was kind of the glamping experience. Like, we had a really nice, okay. like, yurt, but there was no <laughs> hot water at all. So, like, showering and, like, you know, like, getting ready at, like, 30-degree weather, it was, it was, it was, trying it was to a wake-up. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was fun. And, and you know, obviously, we had to be mindful of our charge, so, like, we couldn't just sleep in the car, you know, like, if right. it got, like, we could if it got too cold, but we yeah. were, we were prepared. Um but from there, we actually went to one of my favorite parks on the trip, uh, Grand Teton, uh, down near Jackson, Wyoming. Nice. Um, it was, it's about like an hour and a half, two hours south of Yellowstone. So it's, it's fairly close to, to Yellowstone. Um, and we were able to make it there on a charge. And there's actually a supercharger uh, in Jackson, Wyoming, because it's more of like a ski town resort. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah. Resort town lots of money i mean the houses are like i think i sent you one of the examples <laughs> just like insane. 40 million dollar <laughs> yeah just insane yeah. but um plenty plenty of charging in jackson um i do believe uh, see this is where like it's been long enough to where i'm forgetting parts of the trip but i believe that 
the only fast charger in Jackson is a supercharger, but I'll I'll have to go back and refresh refresh yeah. my mind. Um but Grand Teton is honestly one of the most beautiful places on on earth. Like in my wow. opinion, at least in the in the United States. Like the the mountain range, the glaciers and just like the crystal clear uh, glacier lakes that we got to experience. It was a beautiful experience and what was cool is that in grand teton whereas yellowstone is so popular with with tourism when you go to grand teton it's like you still get that experience without the people so mm, yeah highly recommend if yellowstone is too much for you go to grand right. Teton. <laughs> yeah that's good yeah. to know you don't get old faithful but <laughs> right i feel like there's a lot of national parks like that that kind of fly under the radar that people don't talk about a lot but mm -hmm. give you just everything that you'll see at some of these other well-known national parks so that's good to know that that's that's available there so from yes. yeah so Yellowstone to Grand Teton, and then where from there? Uh, so we ended up going south from there. Um, so we okay. went to um, Utah uh, from, okay. from there. Um, and the, honestly, like charging was uh, like an issue. There was so many, plenty of superchargers, level twos, you know, if we need to stop while we had like lunch or something. Yeah. Uh, but we ended up going down to Moab uh, to uh, Arches National Park, as well mm. as Canyonlands. Yeah. Um, because nice. they're literally across the highway from each other. Like there you it, go. it's, yeah. you can kill two birds with one stone when you go to, <laughs> to Moab. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, but it was, uh, Moab right now, they only have fast chargers that work with Tesla. So they only have superchargers there. Mm. Um, Tesla just opened up a magic dock location literally a week after we left Moab. Really? Um, so you can you can now take your you know non Tesla vehicles there, but the only fast charging option is uh, superchargers mm, at the moment. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, um, interesting. But Arches was was really a really cool uh, national park. Just getting around like all the the sandstone and and seeing all like the natural formed arches and getting a chance to hike up those and do some rock climbing. That that right. was really cool. <laughs> yeah. Was um, there any point, because you mentioned there was lots of opportunities to stop, were there any where you had to, um, like there was only one supercharger stop, like along your route, if you will? I, yeah, um, so going going from Yellowstone down to um, Utah, we had to stop at a location in Idaho. Okay. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head, like which city it was. But it was in the way back of a shopping center that didn't open until 10 a.m. on a Saturday. And we got there at 7.30. And oh, no. When you need to use the bathroom and there's no places <laughs> around you, you, yeah, it, it, it that was It helps that when was you're a, a male, I guess, but. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that, that was one of the rough, rougher supercharger experiences. Um you know, I'm like, I'm trying to think if there was one that was like really the only option. I, there were, right. there was a few later on, like, um, you know, when we it's get like, into like, you need New to Mexico. stop here, you can't stretch it and go to the next one or something like that. Correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Utah was kind of like that or sorry, not Utah. South Dakota was kind of like that. Just right. Because yeah. Of that Cause you just had to stop into. every single yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I know that's at least what I've noticed in my, my, very limited travels compared to this trip recently is there's now multiple options to stop like tesla will plan out your route but if you want to push it and go to like the next one or stop earlier like there's way more options to charge than there were even 
a few years ago. So mm-hmm. I'm yeah. sure they'll continue and, to fill those out as <laughs> as time goes on. For sure. Yeah, and, and that's actually one thing I want to touch on before I get into the rest of my story. Um, the, the navigation aspect and, like, the um, range estimates that the navigation was providing us were, like, spot on. That's um, crazy. You, there, there was many times where we actually went about three hours worth of driving before we even had to stop and charge. Dang. Um, and, and that was probably, like, about 150 to, like, 180 miles. Yeah. Um, we calculated, um, just to summarize it really fast, we stopped about 47 times on our trip to okay. charge. And, you know, divide that by 6,500 miles, I believe that's about, like, 135 to 140 miles on average yeah. that we had to stop um, and charge. But most of the time, we went, like, three, three, three and a half hours without having to stop and charge. Wow, that's um, pretty good. Yeah. Which, yeah, yeah, especially with, like, a roof box and having all the gear that we had in our vehicle. Right, like, right. Know, yeah, it, it was amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, I don't want to skip to the end or what uh, with because uh, I have some final like summarizing questions at the end there. But so yeah, uh, what yeah. are the last few stops there before you went went home? Oh yeah, or was that um, one of the last so, ones? Yeah, I just I want to highlight the challenging part of our drive, which was New Mexico, um, mm. which was more southern New Mexico than it is near like Albuquerque and Santa Fe. Um, but we ended up um, driving uh, to Alamogordo, where the White Sands National Park is. And mm, there's yeah. no supercharger infrastructure there. Um, there's uh, Francis Energy super, or, sorry, Francis Energy charging stations at um, some of the gas stations there, um, and some of them they're still working on to go live. So we um, had to rely on a 60 kilowatt um, level five charging station at in a very very small remote town that mm. we have been told that you don't go to at, at night. And of course we went to at night, but. We had to charge, you know, we, we hit, we hit a terrible thunderstorm that just destroyed our range traveling across the white sands, um, to, or sorry, from Socorro to Corozozo, New Mexico. And, um, I, I do want to just say that like, when it comes to like those warnings from like locals, you know, like I definitely take those with a grain of salt only because like a lot of these cities are so forgotten with, with, you know, their history, especially, you know, I know our podcast isn't political, but I, I do want to just say it. It, it. It's it's sad that with the whole Trinity site atomic bomb testing, like you know, like these cities are really forgotten, and it's yeah. it's very obvious when you're traveling through those areas that it, it is like that. Um, right. But um, yeah, so you know, we we stopped to, to stop to charge there, and then we ended up relying on a non-network station at a Chevy dealership in Alamogordo um, wow. because we were going to Roswell, which which was so fortunate because. ChargePoint just went live with four fast chargers, like literally oh, nice. two days before we were going to uh, Roswell. And it's oh, literally wow. on the outskirts of Roswell. Dang. But this is one of the worst charging experiences on this entire trip because kudos to the New Mexican, like, you know, like travel, uh, you know, like a department for installing these charging stations. But that charging station is on the side of a highway next to gates that are locked with barbed wire. And there's no bathroom except literally a half mile walk down the highway to a power sports built like company. And they, they like, I, I just want to give that company a shout out because they were so welcoming to us. We literally had to walk on the highway in the rain. No sidewalk. Like, nope. 
Oh my gosh. I had no idea why they thought that that was the best location for those charging stations. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Especially <laughs> yeah. fast charging. Like if that's one thing we could highlight right here, like especially fast charging, it's a project. It's not just something you drop in and like start making money from. Like it's gotta, no. you've gotta have the infrastructure around it. You've gotta have bathrooms. Like this needs to be a comfortable stop for people. Like we've gotten to the point that people are at least expecting a gas station type experience where they something's open 24 hours there's lights they have a bathroom like it doesn't need to be crazy but like people need to use the restroom they might need a snack like all this stuff it's it's more than just dropping a charger in so yes yeah Yeah. that's frustrating yeah Yeah, that that was and it was dangerous to be honest right yeah walking on the safety issue yeah yeah, fortunately, you know, it, it, I was monitoring New Mexico, like, for months, trying to figure right. out, like, which stations were going to go live. And um, there's a Francis Energy station that's being commissioned that I think it actually just went live recently near Roswell. And nice. Electrify America is putting one in. And I know Tesla is doing voting for one outside of Roswell. Um, oh, okay. So hopefully next time, if we ever make it down to New Mexico, we'll we'll have plenty of options. Right. Um, but but once we got back up to near San, like Santa Fe, it was just superchargers the rest of the way. That's good. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, I do want to just say really fast that the the coolest supercharger, and I don't know if this was one of your questions. Um, that was that one of your questions. I don't one think of the so. Locations. Go for okay. It. <laughs> okay. I just want to say the one thing that I love about Tesla and like how they navigate you to certain places is that like you almost never really know exactly where you're going like you know like you do and you don't like you don't know exactly which building you're going to end up at and um right that, that yeah, was fair that that was one thing that shocked us as we were traveling through uh nor- northern texas is our car told us to get off the highway and it was like four miles to the supercharger and like you know the sun setting we're like this is weird like i don't yeah. know where we're going and, um, you know, we got on Route 66, and all of a sudden we saw this old gas station with, like, green neon lights. And as we started realizing it, it was actually the gas station that inspired the movie Cars with the gas station in that movie. And um, they have uh, Tesla superchargers in the back parking lot. So That's super got cool. A chance to, I think it's an old Kanoko station, if I remember. I'll have to double check. I think that's that's what it was. Yeah. Um, but uh, we got a chance to take some photos with the uh, Tesla next to the old gas pumps underneath the green neon lights. And, yeah, <laughs> that, that was a really cool charging charging stop. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then on the way back, you you kind of took a different route, didn't you? Didn't you go kind of more south, or kind of like you traveled more like northeast instead of coming from the the west, if you will? Yeah, yeah. We we kind of did like a big circle. Um, so yeah. Um, the last national park that we stopped at was uh, the St. Louis Arch. Um, so we ended up from Santa Fe. We went through the northern part of Texas, through Oklahoma, and then up through mm. Missouri, through gotcha. um, St. Louis, through um, Indiana, and then over to, to Columbus. Gotcha. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. But I, I do want to just touch on one wild fact about wildlife really fast yeah so we saw tarantulas in new mexico which was really cool like in their wild you know natural environment but the one thing we didn't expect is oklahoma to have tarantulas (laughs) um we literally saw them crossing the highway uh because i guess like we came in during their mating season and that's the only time they leave their 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 webs and you know just all over the place 
<laughs> they're they're literally they're huge and like, yeah. you just see them running across the highway and stuff. Oh. Yeah, that's <laughs> we're like we're yeah. in Oklahoma, <laughs> right? That's yeah. funny. So fun fact. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So overall, um, were there any points where you had like just general range anxiety, or were you like pretty confident you were going to get to a charger? It was going to be cutting it close, but you weren't like freaked out about it, if you will. Yeah. Um, I don't really think there was any point where we were like cutting it close just because of how amazing, uh, like amazingly efficient the model three is, um, even with a roof box and like a ton of camping and hiking gear, the car was extremely efficient. Um, so I I know the lowest we ever got was probably about like eight, like eight or 10% state of charge. Okay. But that was like right as we got to a supercharger. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think the only part that really freaked me out slightly was southern New Mexico. Like yeah, just like trying with the to figure out that. And, yeah, trying to yeah. figure all that out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not to mention the spooky vibes that right. parts of New Mexico gives off. But um yeah. Do you remember like yeah, your that, average that... uh efficiency for the whole trip, like miles per kilowatt hour or anything like that? I don't know if you have data on that. I'm just curious. I know Tyler posted so let me pull up his tweet. <laughs> this is how unprepared I am. <laughs> oh, it's all good. So um, if you, if I'm just going to say this to any listener that wants to kind of get a summary from like a visual and data breakdown, um, go to Tyler's Twitter page because he actually has an entire thread and he broke down every single charging stop that we did. Right. Which we'll link that in the show notes mind. too. I, yes. Yep. Um, his, you know, we can definitely add his Twitter there. Um what was your question again? Average efficiency for the whole oh. trip. Do you have any data on that by chance? I'm going to have to look at Tyler's tweet, uh, you know, Twitter, but I'm pretty sure we were averaging about 3.3 to 3.5 miles to the kilowatt hour. Okay. So pretty good. Um, which was, I mean, especially with the roof box, it actually was pretty impressive. Right. Yeah. Were there, uh, yeah, with everything like you're hauling and stuff like that, too. Was there anything you think you could have done differently to make it more efficient? Like, were there times where you maybe were driving too fast or thought you had too much stuff? Like, was there anything like that you maybe would have done differently? Um, I think I think probably a lighter load in the vehicle would have been yeah. a good thing. Um, you know, the, the roof boxes, uh, we actually had, we were forced to drive under the speed limit because the roof box is rated at, at a max of 75 miles per hour. Um, really? and, and Interesting. when you're, go- when you're going through South Dakota, they have 80 mile per hour yeah. speed limits. It's crazy so, fast there. <laughs> yeah. So we, we, we went about 72, like the entire way, which I yeah. think it actually really helped our efficiency. Right. But, um. Yeah, I think just having a lighter load and just being a little bit more mindful of the stuff we actually needed because right. we overpacked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Which is probably easy to do if this is your first time on a like nationwide road trip of this magnitude, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure everybody <laughs> would do that. So um, definitely. Yeah. Trying to think of what else, because uh, that was a really good like in-depth summary. We'll definitely link Tyler's thread. That's like if you really want to dig into the details and see every charging stop and all that stop stuff yeah so. yeah i i think i i think definitely highly recommend looking at tyler's tw- you know twitter because i i feel like this conversation was more talking about like you know the national parks and our experiences versus the actual like charging right. like <laughs> experience 
Um, one thing I do want to wrap up with is because we did the cost uh, comparison to what it would be like in a comparable like um, vehicle. So we we compared the Model Three to say like a BMW uh, Three Series E, you know, their their plug-in hybrid. And for our Model Three with forty-seven charging stops, I know that's a lot of stop, you know, stops. It was about six hundred and forty-seven dollars to go sixty-five hundred miles, um, which is very cost-effective because when we compared it to the plug-in hybrid, it was about twelve hundred dollars. So it was literally fit, almost fifty percent cheaper to take our Tesla. Wow! Stop just a few more times, and save you know hundreds of dollars. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we covered most of it. So I know we're yeah. we're coming up on an hour here recording. So oh geez, um, well yeah. Anything well, else you want to wrap up with before we? Yeah, I do. I do want to just here? say if you if you want an itinerary for you know like our trip, let us know. You know, we still have spreadsheets that Tyler put together. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I say get out there. You know, take your EV in places that you normally would you know wouldn't think it would go, and just just Definitely. experience it. You know, see yeah. see where it takes you. Um, but but plan ahead. We're we're getting there with the infrastructure, but right now just plan ahead. Just make sure things are are working. right. <laughs> right. So, especially yeah. if we got a leaf, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to end on that note, but <laughs> yeah, no. Li- listening to this podcast, you won't see my eye roll. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I think that's all we got. So we'll uh, we'll catch you in the next episode.